Welcome to Solana. We are a super fast blockchain project bringing proof of history and in turn 100,000x speeds to the blockchain ecosystem. This podcast is a discussion between our core staff, industry leaders, and top contributors to our open source project. Find out more at solana.com. That's S-O-L-A-N-A.com. And you can also follow us on Twitter at Solana. Now, on to the show. All right, everybody, welcome to the podcast. This is Ryan Nixon with me. This is Andrew Hyde. Welcome to the podcast. Thanks, Andrew. Nice to be here. It is an honor to speak to an actual blockchain lawyer. Thank you. Yeah, yeah, it's uh, it's uh, the work that keeps on giving. So <laughs> we need to start the episode by saying this is not legal advice. Yeah. This is not a paid con- consultation. Indeed. This is not uh, a get-out-of-jail-free card. Maybe. This is not... Um, anything that I should use to try to uh, solicit uh, feedback for other projects and go to the moon. Exactly. Can yeah. I even say go to the moon? Uh, you could say it, it, this asset may moon. The Solana token will potentially moon provide value on the certain conditions that have yet to be determined on being a super fast <laughs> blockchain. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's what we do. We're the most performant blockchain in the world. Indeed. Yeah. I love the uh, semantics. If you join telegram groups, if you don't, the semantics are amazing because of lawyers, yeah, right? Yeah. yeah. You're, Very true. you're keeping us safe. So let's define what it means to be a blockchain lawyer. Okay. Or let's just go to just your bio. Like, how did you get involved into blockchain as a lawyer? Uh, yeah, I went to UCLA undergrad and law school. I got out of uh, law school clerk for a federal judge. And then I worked for an aggressive litigation shop. It's very interesting. From there, I switched to corporate because while, you know, I thought the, the work could be purposeful, it just really wasn't uh, what I was looking for. After that, I, I went to work with Boost VC's law firm. That's actually the shirt I'm wearing now. And, um, from there, I got exposure to early like blockchain projects in, uh, 2013, 2014, you know, mostly Bitcoin projects, exchanges, things like that. And yeah, I left. I went to a non-blockchain startup that went bankrupt and I tried to go back. I was gone too long. And so decided to start my own thing. Was lucky enough to go back and work with some boost uh, portfolio projects. One of those was my ether wallet, which has now become my crypto or with the team that became my crypto. And, Helped Taylor out with a really tricky situation there. Kind of got my name out in the space and, you know, it's just building ever since. So yeah, I've been lucky to still work with that project. A lot of other projects, including being, uh, Solange GC. So very lucky to be that. I think the space has been great to me and it's really interesting. It keeps changing. You have an absolute amazing amount of war stories. I do. Having been in the industry for longer than most developers. Indeed. <laughs> That's something that I didn't really quite realize until just right now. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, I, I being a lawyer is is interesting because you get all the dirt. You know, you have, it's like chess, like the the highest form of chess. Because if you mess up and you and you give not the best advice, and there's never really a black and white answer, right? That's really what great lawyers understand is that you have to play in the gray. You have to understand the psychology of people, the dynamic of the deal or the dispute, and how can you use all tools and some tools that maybe other lawyers may not think of to win or, or get the best result possible for your client. Yeah. Let's go one-on-one or one-on-one for okay. the audience. And let's just describe the semantics of the industry. Sure. So what are token types? You know, there's ICOs where, you know, most token offerings, they want to be categorized as utility, even though regulators have come out in the U.S. that all tokens outside of Ethereum and Bitcoin 
or a security, at least at some point, depending on how decentralized a project is, especially if it's like a layer one at a certain point in time, you know, I think there could be comfort depending on the circumstances of that project and the terms of how you use the token and the purpose of it, that it could then be categorized as as strictly utility. But uh, yeah, it's murky waters. It's very murky waters. So utility token, security token. Yep. So what other big kind of gotchas semantically in the industry besides token types? Some big things that projects, you you know, doing an offering now should just be aware of is uh, I frequently will get a referral for a project and they want to release their token in 30 days. And it's like, okay, for me to dig into this would take about a week or two before even giving proper suggestions and, and consultation for how to release this thing in a compliant way or in the best way. Another thing I see a lot of projects doing is they want to completely avoid U.S. jurisdiction, which uh, I, is completely understandable, but you, they still have to be aware that there are hooks into the project if they have an operating company here, even if they're token off and an entity is in Singapore or Malta or whatever, right? Or BVI came in. You still have responsibilities and compliant, you know, obligations if you're headquartered here, if you're headquartered in SF or elsewhere in the U.S. So, yeah, yeah. I met a founder that lived in San Francisco, but the business was on a ship in international waters. It was like, I don't know how that would work. <laughs> yeah, man. Yeah, multi jurisdictions, right? I don't, I don't think there's a gotcha there. I think it's pretty clear where your apartment is. But yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, like, what Solana is based in what six countries, as yeah. far as our employees? Yeah, indeed. Yeah, all over the board, and our foundations out of Switzerland, yep. and our headquarters is out of San Francisco. And yeah, I mean, listen, I will say, as far as using the foundation model, if there is one, you know, kind of tried and true. I do think that that's a a smart step for projects to take. I do understand that there's a lot of cost that goes into that. But at the end of the day, I think if the days of raising, you know, $15 million off of a white paper are gone, and that's great, in my opinion, for a variety of reasons. And, And one most importantly is like actually building something, you know, in the case with Solana, like they have some awesome technology and they're really building out some some great things and, and there's a ton of value and other blockchain projects see that other non-blockchain projects and traditional projects see that which is huge not only for solana but for the space and that should give encouragement and kind of a pattern to follow for other projects build something that works build something that solves a problem i mean it, it goes back to the old startup adage like what are we trying to solve here and if what you're trying to solve is just raise a ton of money then you're obviously you know, you should not be in the space. You should not be building, right? Yeah, full stop. Full stop. Let the people that build, build, and hopefully that clears a better legal picture. Yeah. A clear legal picture. Indeed, yeah. And I think that's also the purpose behind a lot of these rules and these laws. It's not to... I, look, I have my own, you know, feelings about regulation and regulation here. I had mentioned to you that I'm on the board of this... Proof of Stake Alliance, which is a lobbying nonprofit to make sure stakeable assets get proper legal and tax treatment. That's a huge issue that like regulators, I don't even think I've even thought of yet. Yeah, let's explain. Let's break that down just okay, a little okay. bit. Yeah, sorry to get so off. So like, yeah, just it's an important thing to understand. Just explain a project using that taxably. So let's say there's a layer one project, so it, its own blockchain, and they're using its token for securing the network building on the chain, whatever, right? Helping like connecting with other chains or something. Let's just leave it kind of ambiguous, you know, what, what the project is. Let's say you have a ton of that token and you give it to a validator to stake 
and they stake it, let's say the protocol takes a, a piece of the reward or a fee or whatever, however they want to categorize it against semantics, it really doesn't matter. What happens is what matters, right? So they take a little bit of a, a piece of that reward, kicks back to the foundation, the validator takes a piece, and then you get the rest. In that one scenario, from a tax perspective, is that one taxable event? Is that three? Is that income? Is that capital gains? So proper tax treatment and tax categorizing of how stakeable assets are, are treated and what this transaction represents is a huge problem. And I think something that regulators should issue some guidance for now prior to Solana, Polkadot, Pictifinity. I mean, there's a ton. Synthetics, there's all of these stakeable assets being rolled out now, Tezos, Cosmos. And if they don't give proper advice and at least some guidance, if they can't firm it up, there's, there's going to be huge issues. That's on the tax front. Now on the securities front, if the protocol takes a little piece of that transaction, then is it actually an active participant such that, you know, now the Howey test is being triggered and now regulators may or may not go after the project or after the foundation, you know, at least in that example, it's, it's very murky and it's scary. And I think it's important for at least regulators in the U.S., if not internationally, to really take it serious and be smart and not slow about guidance. Because, for example, if the U.S. doesn't do anything, it could kill that market. And I do think the U.S. has slowed down as being the leader in the space so far because of these restrictive regulations and, and compliance obligations. Yeah, And it feels like there's a lot of states that are really trying. Yeah. Wyoming, Colorado. Yeah. To name a few, I mean, who's the most progressive right now in the States? Yeah, I mean, or so does it matter as a federal? The biggest stage is federal. That's what we're doing. That's the, the whole purpose of the group is to get some of these ideas and at least some frameworks for regulators to think about in, in their hands from us. You know, it's, it's, it's a group of, of top people backed by a lot of the top protocols and the top crypto funds in the space to get out there and, you know, like, let's just put it together and put it in front of them, do the research ourselves here. This is what you think you should do. These are the reasons why work with some good lobbying groups out there and we'll see what happens because yeah. Yeah. It's awesome. Thanks for doing that work. Sure. That's huge. I mean, it's a huge leader on if projects are going to be based out of the States. Right. Right. If it becomes a super taxable event, you're just not going to be based out of the States. Right. Right. And then what's that going to do? That's going to drive innovation. That's going to drive a lot of money, a lot of what the U.S. wants to keep here. And also, if the U.S. decided to not move at a snail's speed and actually do something about it, foreign jurisdictions would follow suit, right? So they could be the leader of it. And I mean, it's just about being quick. And I mean, they could be thoughtful. This isn't something they need to kick out in a month. But our legislature just can be so slow with some of these things. And there's, you know, politics, politics, right? But I do think this is something where... Hopefully we can push it forward even a little faster. It, it would have a big impact. So yeah. yeah, it seems like it makes a ton of sense to do. So yeah. And to your other question, just to circle back as far as uh, other states, I mean, it's great to see progressive states like Wyoming trying to make progress. But then the thing that just maybe again, a thought for projects is if you're spinning up in a state that has maybe favorable blockchain regulations, but you're still a startup, you're still bound by corporate law federal and state, what are you going to do if there's an issue in Wyoming when you don't have the robust corporate regs that like Delaware has or case law Delaware has? Sure, they look back to Delaware, but then our startup project's going to have the money if there is some sort of crazy dispute to fight that out. You know, them pulling precedent from Delaware still takes a bunch of time. And, you know, I think the only people that will, you know, do well in those situations are lawyers. We want projects that are building something to be the best suited. 
yeah, exactly. Not the lawyers. I mean, no offense to you. No, no, no problem. Yeah, yeah exactly. I, I can't agree more. So we're in 2019. What is the biggest legal story of the year for crypto? You know, I think, I mean, everybody's talking about Libra. I think Libra brought a lot of eyeballs back to the space. I've talked to people on both sides of the argument that said Libra is great. Libra is going to bring a lot of users. That's what we need. I've also you know, spoken to other people who have said Libra is terrible. Congress is turning a critical eye towards them and to the space in general. That can only hurt us. I think any news is good news and we're here to stay. So whatever, let's get through these problems quickly and go from there. We had a, a, you know, some news articles about Solana come out this week, which was lovely. And you get to see kind of the press take a critical look at Solana. Yeah. But one of them called Solana open source. Decentralized Libra. Libra. Yeah. Yeah. Decentralized Libra. Yeah. Yeah. Which I found to be not something I would have put high on the list. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, again, I think and this is my own just kind of opinion of Solana. I love that the team was very and still is very like heads down and, and building great stuff. It reminds me a lot of some other projects I've worked with that are doing great, great things in the space. Solana has, has developed a, a strong following, I think, because of that. And while it may not be the best, I think Solana coming out first, we can one up Libra. That'd be great, right? Oh, it would be great. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Let's take on an absolute behemoth. But also, I, I think it's great. I mean, and, and you'll see through the office once a week, the Libra folks will come over and say hi and have a have a, a chat, a coffee, a water, a drink, whatever. Yeah. But it's a friendly space. I think we're communicating with them. I heard one of um, our engineers, actually, I think it was Greg, our CTO, said we're communicating with them the way open source projects communicate, and that's via code. Okay. And so if you look at our, you know, GitHub, we have the, you know, Go language yeah. bridge between Libra and, and Solana already launched. Yeah. And we're the first project in the world doing that, you know, within three weeks of them announcing it. Yeah. And I reviewed the, uh, the Libra contributions, you know, CLA as well. So yeah, I knew, I know, I know everything stuff out there. <laughs> so that's pretty fun. <laughs> not, not fun paperwork, but, so, but cool to know we're doing yeah. that. So Libra, I mean, they get a congressional hearing within two weeks of announcing the project, yeah. which is amazing to me. Right. That's not common. That's not common at all. Yeah. At all. That's right. the power of Facebook. Yeah. I mean, Facebook and blockchain. And blockchain. Yeah. Right. And yeah. the government saying, whoa, 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 we think you're too big already. Yeah. And we think this can be a very disruptive idea. Yeah. To a lot. Right? Yeah. Yeah. And that is, I mean, that is exciting. Um, and I saw, you know, I didn't quite get it. You know, when they announced it, it was like, oh, this is cool. This is kind of. Like, are they trying to just replace the U.S. dollar with the Facebook dollar? And then you look at some countries where they've got, you know, 90% penetration of Facebook accounts and still no digital cash. Right. You know, it's like, oh, it makes full sense some places. Yeah. In the States, I think we're just, we're not going to fully get the power of it. Right. Right. For a little bit. Because we're spoiled. We've got really good financial systems. Yeah to you know, benefit off of. Yeah, and I don't think the government's going to want to give up any or all power any, anytime soon. Right? They want to play a role. I mean, they're trying to protect people. That's not a huge negative thing. Right. As I've seen in our Telegram channel, there are some people that lie on the internet. No. Yeah. I have actually never read an untruth on the internet before. Speaking of untruths <laughs> on the internet, like you're, a, I'm going to say high-powered, former MMA fighter, so I can say powerful. Oh, man. Yeah. We watched some videos yesterday. That was hilarious and a half. I love when you find out the, the culture of Solana is so funny and that there's so many interesting people here. And then you find out this like insane thing about them. Yeah. So yesterday we found <laughs> out that you, uh, put that out there. you uh, used to, yeah, you used to do that. Um, where do you get your news as somebody in the space that has to make real decisions and provide real, you know, 
Where do you get your news? It's very interesting. You know, in blockchain, you have blockchain media who put out good stuff, but there's also a lot of hype. There's a lot of shilling. How do you cut through that? I get my news. So to be specific, I get anytime there's a release, if there's a no action letter, like the SC recently released one, I'll read legal filings, legal releases from regulators, block stacks like Reg A plus filing. What does that look like? Why did they get it? Reg A plus uh, offerings was like kind of all the vogue for a while, but then, you know, projects realized it'd take a couple million dollars and, you know, may or may not be granted. So that was a big win. I actually circle back to one of the biggest wins of, of 2019. I think it's that because I think other projects will now be able to have compliant securities offerings, you know, blockchain projects. So that's where I'll get some of my news. I do read a lot of medium articles because I think, look, Hey, to be a real like blockchain lawyer in this space, you have to understand all the projects. You understand what they're doing. What's the incentive? What's the issues? What are the issues on a really deep level, a granular level, right? How do you figure that out? You have to understand every part of the tech and that doesn't mean you need to learn Rust, right? Which I, I don't, I don't know Rust. <laughs> Me either. Yeah. But, um, you know, you have to really, really dig into this stuff. And I actually get a lot of, you know, news or things to check out from a lot of my contacts in the space. So I, I am active on Telegram. I am active on chats and, you know, people in blockchain like to talk about blockchain stuff. And, you know, it does help filter out some of the more like shilling and noise because the space also moves really fast, right? You know, my time's limited. All our time is. If you just talk about this last kind of crypto winter that I think everybody's hoping we're out of, but yeah. probably are still a little bit in. Yeah. It's totally changed, right? Like a year ago advice from now is completely different. Right, right. And I can't imagine another three months what it's going to be. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think I think as more and more, you know, projects, major layer ones roll out, Solana rolls out, Polkadot rolls out, I think it's going to be um, completely new set of problems a whole new like change and focus. And I mean, I think that's what makes blockchain exciting. That's also, I think for people trying to get in, you know, attorneys sometimes hit me up and they're like, Oh, like, how do I get in? And it's just like, Hey man, you just got to like fall down the rabbit hole. And you got to love it too, because you can't just go, Oh yeah, I know I'm a securities lawyer. It's just, it's just not that easy. It does move very quickly. It is very exciting, but yeah, yeah, I, I don't know. We'll see. We'll see what the next, you know, six months brings. So with that being said, this industry is constantly moving and constantly evolving. What are the biggest mistakes you see projects make? I think uh, projects, and, and this could even be applicable to just most startups is they're like penny wise and pound foolish, right? Don't use some advisor agreement you downloaded from the internet and then you're mixing your options with your restricted stock, with your tokens and different vesting schedules, and then come back when there's an issue and go, Hey, we want to hire you now. This thing blew up. We have no money. Well, just, you know, pay an attorney a couple thousand bucks. Now you have a template. Use it for everybody. Don't uh, enter the space with a mind to just like raise as much money as you want. Doing a token offering isn't like an unlimited faucet of cash for your project. What do you need the cash for? How much do you think you, you know, you need to raise? You don't have to be super conservative with that, but be thoughtful, you know, have somebody do your tokenomics. What are you going to offer? What does it look like? Don't just throw some stuff out there. This isn't 2017. You can't do that anymore. And I think some projects, most, most good projects have, are thoughtful about that, but I still see it happening once in a while where it's just like, Oh, you know, well, we're just doing an equity base. Well, actually we've been thinking about a token and it's just like, Oh, we're still here. You know, what's the token going to do? We haven't thought about it yet, but like, we want to do it next month. Wait, what? You know, like I, yeah, I, I mean, I literally like, like 
six weeks ago got a referral and I was just like, um, okay, why don't you circle back when you have this like fleshed out? Cause I'm not going to, you know, work with some company that's just trying to BS to do, to do an offering. Right. I think those are a lot of the main ones. Be smart, follow the models that work, e.g. the, the foundation model. What is the real purpose? Like, what does it solve? Do you actually need a token? You know, because projects can still do a traditional equity raise. Like, I mean, that's what venture capital is for. It's what, you know, has been done for many, many years prior to tokens being a thing. It's okay. You can be a blockchain project and just give equity. My crypto did that. It's okay. If they would have did a token, they would have run a billion dollars, but they just, the whole ICO like madness is, is BS and there'd be no use. So they didn't. Sure. Yeah. So I wrote a post a while ago about the, the motivations of crypto founders. And basically, like, it's all over the board. You've got some people that love security. You've got some people that love ICOs. You've got some people that really love the idea of no borders. You've got, like, an anarchist. Yeah. Governance. Yeah. It's all over the board. Yeah. Right? And so if you have a conference and you're speaking, you're actually speaking to seven or eight very different groups of people. Yeah. Do you find that that's the same way with the legal aspect? Or is there pretty much, like, a core legal guidance that's pretty grounded? Grounded as far as what? Is your style drastically different? Than oh, others? yeah. Uh, yeah, this is definitely, I think, specific to me. I think every lawyer uh, is different. Being a great lawyer is about solving problems, right? Being a great blockchain lawyer is about how do we give sound advice, not stand in the way of the project. You know, you have to be nimble. Um, what do, what are they looking for? So to using your example, what is this really about, right? Is this about security? Okay, well, maybe you know, just keep that in the back of my mind and, and some things need to be a little extra tight or for doing a joint venture, like how do we ensure that the security and, and sharing of information is, you know, a little faster because security is such a, a big issue. Do they have simple things like designated security representatives or like, I guess I focus on what the project's bent is, like dynamic, what, what they're looking for, the problem to solve and how they actually function, right? So again, like how, how does that manifest? And so how can I buttress that, you know? What advice do you have to anybody that's like building on, like if I wanted to build like a blogging network, yeah. I want to make new Twitter, but it'd be decentralized. I'm going to use Solana as of course my everything yeah, because we you know, one one thousandth of a penny for a transaction. Yeah. Sounds pretty good to me. Pretty cheap. If that's the cost of a tweet. Yeah. That'd be cool. That would be <laughs> so what advice would you have for me? Like if I want to organize a business around that, that's meant to be decentralized. Do I do it totally anonymously? Mm. Do I come out and form a company out of Wyoming? Sure. Or Colorado. I'm going to show Colorado because yeah. that's what you should do if you're from Colorado. Okay. Okay. Um, <laughs> what advice do you have for me? I'm just like, if I'm going to build on stuff legally, where, where should I look for advice? Incorporate wherever you, you like to. Uh, I would sit back and do, you know, a, a long business plan. Like, of course, it's draft, right? But, you know, what is the purpose? Is it really, uh, I think that, again, one of the problems with blockchain projects is you can just build project to, on Solana, for example, you're not issuing a token. You, you don't need to, like, some of these, like, securities regulations aren't that big a deal to you. What, what should be more a big deal is, you know, just corporate law, right? So how do you set up cheapest? So maybe Delaware and it's easiest and, you know, working with, Delaware Department of Corporations versus like uh, Wyoming or California is very different. Delaware is great. So, you know, I would say, and in, in your example, maybe set up in Delaware. What's the cost? You want to do it anonymously and it's just decentralized. There's no censorship. How are you going to sustain your business model? Is it donations? Is it maybe you add 
the Solana fee and then you add a penny on top. So it costs all your, your users one penny or, you know, half a penny or, or however you want to use it. So maybe in this situation, you might need a token because you have to kind of like fill up the reserve for business operations and they can deplete it or use their tokens, however. So I'd say sit back, think about how you want that to function. Always think about how you're going to stay alive and grow as well as, you know, I mean, I guess keep it in line with your Ben as far as you know, be decentralized. I don't know. I don't know if I answered that properly. I think you did. But I I think that that's where I think a lot of the innovation is going to come from is like the level ones are going to step up and deliver. ETH 2.0 is coming out. Like people are going to actually be able to use projects to do bigger things. Right. And I think they're going to have just as many questions as the level ones are having right now. Yeah. Yeah. And going back to your example, I actually worked with someone who was doing, you know, Twitter on Ethereum. So I I could connect you if that is something you're serious about. All right, final question. Sure. You're sitting at a bar. Yeah. Somebody says, what do you do? Yeah. Do you say blockchain lawyer? Uh, I mean, no. I, I, I don't know. I, I typically just say, like, I solve problems for a living. But, you know, if they dig deeper, I say, I say I'm a blockchain lawyer. I don't like to say I'm a crypto lawyer. I just think that that's, again, semantics. You know, it's just semantics. But I just think it really, you know, it's funny. I talk to my, my dad. My dad thinks I work for Bitcoin, right? And I'm like, he's like, yeah, so Bitcoin's doing well. I'm like, yeah, it's doing great, dad. Yeah. You know, can I have some Bitcoin? Sure. Yeah. I'll ask Bitcoin to give you some and give me some. We'll just split it. <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, so if pressed, if I know they get the space or they're in the space or they're curious about the space, then I'll, then I'll tell them I'm a blockchain lawyer. But, um, yeah, I typically just say I solve problems. Yeah. Not that interesting. I hung out with a, a Grammy award winning singer, songwriter, Kimmy Dawson. Okay. At a conference and such. And I said, what do you do? Yeah. And I would, if I was a Grammy award winning singer, I would say I'm a Grammy award. I mean, I, I would have no ego about that. Yeah. And uh, she said she was a hand model. And then I looked at her hands and she put them away and said, no free samples. <laughs> and I'm finding that there's a lot of people in the industry that just won't fully say it because there's so much baggage. Yeah. Yeah. The industry, like it or not. I mean, there's people that think that you're a multi, multi-millionaire just because you've worked in the industry for uh, a month. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. 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 And it's like, I, I think it's funny. I, I miss the Ethereum pre-sale. It'd be nice to have gotten in and bought, you know, 40,000 Bitcoin in 2009, but I didn't. I work really hard. I appreciate the work. I like the work. And I think I give good value to, to the to projects I work with. You know, I think Solana has been happy with me so far. Right. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I, I agree. I think it's the same way. Um, I don't, I've a few times told people that I'm in blockchain and they go, Oh, well, you know, what should I invest in? And I'm like, I, I don't know, man. I don't even know you, you know, <laughs> or like, Oh yeah, great. Like, man, I, I tell the story all the time. I think I told it on some other podcasts about, you know, this one project that wanted to do like pet products on the blockchain. And I was like, what, you know, like logistics. And they're like, no, just pet products and marketing. And I was like, wait, what? And they're like, you know, give you a couple hundred thousand dollars for legal opinion. And I was like, okay, uh, yeah, talk to you later. <laughs> okay. You know. I feel like I'm being punked by that question. Yeah. Like, is this actually web 1.0 doomsday <laughs> just repeating itself? Yeah. Yeah. Right. The similarities to like pets.com. I just think it's just, it's, it's, I don't know. Man. It's absolutely pets on the blockchain. Yeah. Well, we're going to be having some fun. How do we follow up with you? If you're listening to this podcast, do you have a question? Do you have a blog? Do you have a Twitter that everybody should follow? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I have a Twitter. I'll give you my Twitter handle. It's, it's, it's Ryan Nixon. You know, you can put it in the notes. Um, LinkedIn is very hard for me. It's like a ton of spam and people messaging me about investing in their ICO or about, you know, getting on their exchange. Cause you know, it's just like, so I don't go on there that much. We'll put your Twitter in the uh, the show notes. We will not ask you to invest in anything or provide any legal advice 
for any reason, including Solana. Thank you so much for your time. Thank you. This Thanks for having me. Fun. Cheers. Cheers. Hey, everybody. Thanks for listening to this episode. If you have any questions for our guests or want to continue this discussion, please check out our website at solana.com. That's S-O-L-A-N-A.com. There are links to our Discord where most of our communication happens in the company. Also, you should check out our GitHub page where we post all of our code for you to check out and even help out with. GitHub.com slash Solana dash labs. You can also follow us on Twitter at Solana. Thanks for listening. See you next week.